Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, uh, joined by my friend and colleague. I'm going to be nice to you today, Jason. Oh, that's good. Um, and also with a special guest, Michael is not able to join us because he is working a very Roman Catholic approach yep. to life. Um, Busy and man. Yes, he is. And so we are not working. No. We were bored, so we figured we might as well record a podcast. And I have been talking to the person who's going to be joining us uh, today for years about we should record something together sometime. We should do something sometime. Uh, and we just happened to have gotten new equipment that we had for months. <laughs> and it sat there, and I thought, I can't figure this out. But we had a recent guest, um, our friend, Riley Sandler, um, a nice Baptist gentleman yeah. who runs uh, Let My People Go. Um, and he was on, he was speaking in campus, and he came on to join us, and he said, wait, I just started a podcast, Mercy Cast. I use that. It's not that hard. And so I thought, well, if a Baptist can do it, <laughs> surely I can do it. <laughs> and uh, we got it figured out, and one of the things we're able to do is to record, Lord willing, hopefully this is working, record remotely. We recorded the other day, and I forgot to hit record on the first go. Yep. And we lost about 10 minutes of gold, especially discussion of Mike's uh, TikTok account that he has to start to promote yeah, his new book, which I'm very much looking forward right. to. And, I mean, he he's verging on influencer status already. I yeah. mean, he's, it's, it's incredible. If any of us have the face for it, it is... Oh, yeah. It is Michael. Yes, Michael. No offense yeah. to you, Jason. No, I, I'm not taking I say that regarding myself as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now that we got it working, and hopefully it is working, we have a remote guest. And I thought, well, it was a Baptist who got me using this equipment, who inspired me, thought it should only be right. And I don't, I don't know if, if our guest would identify as a Baptist, but, but I'm going to say he is, right? <laughs> um, that I might as well have a Baptist on. And I thought, who would be a good Baptist? And so I thought of one of my oldest friends, one of my oldest Christian friends, um, someone I think I've mentored, I've, I've inspired, um, <laughs> been a real role model for, uh, a man who was in my wedding. I wonder if that's the other way around, too. Yeah. I'm just curious. It could be. I, I was in his <laughs> wedding. Um, we don't get to see each other uh, as much now because he decided he was too good for the mitten. Um, and he needed to go start a church somewhere else. Um, but the the reverend, pastor, I, I don't know what he goes by. We'll, we'll ask, and that'll be a good question. James Metzger. Um, James is uh, a wonderful friend. He's been a friend for years. Uh, went to high school together, played tennis together. Um, James was good at tennis, scored points. Uh, I threw my racket, my racket a lot. Uh, once over the fence, even. Uh. Um, into Joy Road. And um, so I think we both excelled in our own ways. Uh, James uh, is a pastor as well. We both kind of went our different routes, um, but we both have had fun experiences with that too. When I was thinking, when I had become Lutheran and I was thinking of being a pastor, James took the train with me to New Ulm, Minnesota. Well, we went to the Twin Cities and Phil Hirsch, who's now a district president, picked us up. And, uh, and guess whose class we sat in on, Jason? Was it... Uh Professor Deutschlander? Yes, it was. Oh and uh, we sat in on Dummy Doctrine. 
yeah. which was the best class I ever took when you go. That was what, if you didn't go to a Wells school. And uh, so we had visitors, and he says, well, where are you guys from? What's your church? And uh, and James says, uh, Calvary Baptist. <laughs> and the look on Professor Deutschlander's face, I've never seen him more confused. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Huh? Um, I got to go visit uh, James at seminary, and I remember sitting in a class with him and meeting some of his friends. And one of my, my favorite things of that was, uh, you know, I don't know, many of them might not have met Lutherans before, and so they would ask, oh, you're a Lutheran. Are you post-millennial or pre-millennial? And I, I enjoyed just seeing faces when I would say, uh, we're, we're, we don't, we're not either of those. Yeah. And, uh, and so that I remember great conversations uh, down there visiting James there. So a longtime friend, and uh, James, we thank you for joining us here on Let the Bird Fly. We'll get into the main topic is just going to be us talking. James is, this is, James is going with, I just told him he's coming on the podcast. I didn't give him a topic, anything. And I said, James is an old friend. I should have another friend here, another old friend, but a Lutheran one, right? And they've both experienced Wade, which is a special <laughs> gift, right? A special <laughs> grace. Um, and we're just going to kind of talk uh, our past and, and ministry um, but James, why don't you go ahead and maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're at now, stuff like that. Yeah, well, Wade, thanks so much for that introduction. I appreciate you having me on uh, the, the podcast. Uh, for for the sake of this podcast, I will identify as a as a Baptist. It's and more fun. It if means you do. a lot. Yeah. It's it it means a lot to me that you would use "good" and "Baptist" in in kind of the same sentence. And so I thank you for that. Um, I don't know if I'm a good Baptist or not, but I'll, I'll play one for the next 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's cute that he thinks I, it's going to be 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've tuned into some of the podcasts before. I don't, I don't know. 90 minutes seems like a long time to me. And so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Don't you guys preach um, for like 90 minutes? <laughs> I'm not smart enough to preach for 90 uh, minutes. If I could preach for nine, I probably would. I I, um, I, got, I, got, I got like an eleven minute sermon, so that's my that's my really? average. Yeah. Well, people tell me I only work one day a week anyway, and so I think if I pulled off an eleven minute message, there, you know that that could stir the pot a little bit. I don't know okay. if that would be well received. Oh. Uh, so a little bit about myself: uh, I am a local church pastor at a church called Christ Point Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. We uh, planted the church about 15, 16 years ago with, uh, with a good friend. Uh, he, he moved on after about five years, and I have jokingly told people that I was the last man standing. And so Charlotte has become home uh, over, over the years. I that, currently that's appropriate, teach. James, because you, you know what, what day today is in the church year, don't you? Of course you don't, but... Uh, yes, yeah, the twenty fourth of February. <laughs> it's the day. It's the day I, after Ash Wednesday. It yeah. is some churches, from what I understand, who experience the ice storm, have moved Ash Wednesday to Ash Thursday. Is Indeed. that is that legal? Yep. Everything is permissible, but that. not all things are beneficial. <laughs> I saw a great I saw a great Twitter post um, on Ash Wednesday, and it said, uh, "Happy Ash or to my Lutheran and Catholic friends, Happy Ash Wednesday to my Presbyterian friends." Happy 21st of February or whatever day that was. <laughs> Today is St. Matthias Day, the, the apostle chosen by lots to replace Judas. So you're kind of like the yeah. St. Matthias of Christ Point. It fell to you. 
I, you know, it's funny, Wade, I, I'll be honest with you. When I looked at my calendar this morning to see what I had going on, I, I did not have it marked appropriately. I didn't, I did not have that, that Same celebration on my calendar. No. Uh, no. This this guy always lets me know he's got it all marked down because he uh, don't tell anybody, but uh, he prays to the saints all the time. <laughs> I walk in and I'll, and I'll be like, "Stop it, Jason!" <laughs> he just loves it. <laughs> I, I love wait, to see I gotta, I gotta touch. <laughs> you know what's funny, wait, is I don't like when you told the story of us visiting the college. I I don't remember sitting in class. Really, I don't. I, I, I really don't. Do you know what I remember about that trip? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that we took the train there and I don't remember the gentleman that picked us up from the station. But if I recall, there was a snowstorm yep. that that weekend and we were driving to the college and we literally started spinning out of control. Yep. Yep. I thought I was going to go see Jesus. It was unbelievable. And I don't, I don't remember how many times we spun around. But I just remember looking over at you, just thinking, like, did that just happen? Yeah. And here we are. Like, here he, yeah. he recovered. It was amazing. He, he, he did a, a phenomenal <laughs> job. You don't remember when we got on campus and you saw the big bronze Luther? No, dude, I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember any I remember of that. you joking. What, do you guys I... pray to him or something? <laughs> <laughs> this that guy does did. Sound this like guy all the time was said. out there. I had to be like, Jason, stop it. We don't pray to him. <laughs> But he, <laughs> it's just a convenient spot to kneel, I yeah. guess. I don't know, you know. <laughs> so you're you're at Christ Point now. You guys are in an exciting new phase. Um, the uh, why don't you go tell tell us a little bit about the um, what you got going on with the building? For as long as I can remember, yeah, so I would talk to James, and he'd be like, "We're worshiping at the Y. We're worshiping at a school." <laughs> like that's and, true. And the Y thing was really convenient because like they had a pool you could dunk people in there, right? Uh, yeah, my understanding was that we were not going to talk about baptism or communion right, during, I'm just during this talk. They had, and a, we, they had a and pool we, we that you quickly, could do baptisms in, did they not? <laughs> At the Y. Let's, let's just say it was it was very convenient. We did not okay. send anyone down the water slide for baptisms, but <laughs> yeah. but if we wanted to dunk someone, there there was a body of water available, which was nice. We we started off um, 16 years ago. We met in. We met in someone's home. We were in a stable, believe it or not, for a short time in elementary school. And then we were at a local Y for, for probably nine, 10 years, almost a decade. Uh, we moved into a, a local high school here in the Charlotte area. And then in March of, of 2020, there was uh, something that sort of changed our, our world. We got a, a call from the school saying, hey, we're, we're shutting the schools down. For a short time, there's this this virus that's going around. We don't know a whole lot about it, but uh, you guys can no longer meet here. So we, um, you know, we started meeting online. We didn't know if that was allowed. I didn't, that, you know, that's not necessarily my, my cup of tea. I have a face for radio, but uh, we would, that's not true, you know, James. we would meet. Well, now that is. <laughs> I can't tell you how much that means to me, Wade. Thank you for this. <laughs> when I mean it, um, <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we met online just for for a few months, and you know, we belonged to be face to face and be together. And there, uh, there was a gentleman in in the area who who owned a barn. He had built it, you know, decades ago, and had you know a number of functions there. And we just approached him and asked, "Hey, you know, could we meet here on on Sunday morning?" So. 
sure enough, I mean, it was, I think, August of 2020, we started meeting in this barn, and long story short... Just for the record, James, I made a great Huguenot joke about this before... You did. Did you want to tell it again, or... I, I won't retell. Most of our listeners probably won't get it, but but if you know Huguenots and Barn, you'd know the joke. So I just wanted to get credit uh, for what I thought was a a great a great French war religion joke for what you thought was a good joke. Yep. Yes. you get you get credit for it. Wait, thank you. You get credit for it. Um, so we you know we were approached by this gentleman's older brother. He had you know six and a half acres of land right off right off the highway and um you know long long story short we purchased the, the land about a year ago and are looking to build and kind of put put down roots but it's been it's been an interesting story you know i tell people all the time god's been gracious and kind to us over the years um it's, it's definitely been an adventure it's a story that i could not have have written um myself but it, it certainly is a, a testament to god's goodness to us so I do also tell people that the barn, when we first started meeting there, it looked like a, a bomb went off in a cracker barrel. I mean, it was, I mean, there's stuff hanging from the ceilings. I think some of our people sat under a sickle, uh, which is, you know, a little frightening because uh, you don't know when, you know, when the Lord's going to call you home. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, we didn't have any incidents. And so uh, it's been fun. Yeah. You, you don't know when the Lord's going to call you home, but you really don't think that it's going to be actually during the service with a, you know, farm harvesting instrument falling uh, on you. That, that that's you, that's usually not, that, you know, that's this off guy, the table. This but. guy loves farm instruments, by the way, like manhole covers, farm, like instrument, anything metal. <laughs> this dude's a big fan. In fact, he loves sickles. He has like a flag in his office. I don't know what it is. It's weird. Or it's got a hammer and a sickle. Um, he's a big sickle fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, yes. Jason, yeah. did you did you did you grow up on a farm? I not not on a farm, but the I I the community that I grew up in was only about fifteen hundred people and uh uh agricultural community, so surrounded by yep. you know, farms and uh my previous generations of my family were were farmers in that area, but uh, and still have uh, a few relatives that are involved in farming and stuff. So it was very much a very much part of the scene there um, from my okay. early years. The uh, turnips, right? <laughs> turnips? Turnip farmers, weren't they? No, Classic Oakland turnips, I, I thought I, I remember hearing I don't believe they were turnip farmers. Yeah, but. he loves turnips, too. As soon as I was going to his office, just eating a turnip. I thought that was why. Yeah, raw, raw, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so, so James and I both took uh, interesting routes to, to ministry. I think, James, uh, you had ministry probably on your mind, on your heart, uh, earlier than I did. I I think even early on in high school, kind of had it pegged as a possible route I think it coincided about the time I, I think it coincided about the time that we met. Which, Wade. So, which would make sense. Um, and when we met, I was still <laughs> Roman Catholic, right? So, yeah, um, you, you were my ministry. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I'm sure you prayed for me often. So, <laughs> It uh and and so we ended up uh, um, both uh, pursuing ministry and I would say getting together, um, always having a little bit of fun with the Lutheran and the Baptist thing as we've gone, um, you know our different paths with that. Um, but one of the things that I've always appreciated is I think, uh, um, despite those differences, we've had a fair amount of common things that we can appreciate and uh, um, and in addition to joking, um, kind of grow from uh, talking with each other 
as well. And I think that's that's kind of a fun thing to, to talk about our routes and maybe how we've we've done that with ministry. So James, you uh, after high school went to Cedarville, right? Cedarburg, Cedarville. Yep. Cedarville. Oh yeah, Cedarville. So Cedarville, Cedarville was Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, is it university now? Yeah, no, not Wisconsin. Yeah, they're big time now. Oh man. The, uh, we, time I left and I think we it really get took big off. time, Jason. I know. Wisconsin Lutheran University. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then made your way to uh, to Dallas Theological uh, Seminary, uh, to DTS, and uh, I obviously went on to MLC, having been Lutheran less than a year, which is a very odd place <laughs> in New Ulm, Minnesota, and then to Wisconsin uh, Lutheran Seminary. But kind of, if we if we think back to um, those days, kind of where we spent a lot of years, um, either leading up to going to college or being at college and seminary and thinking about being a pastor and thinking about ministry and having conversations kind of rooted in that, you know, it's kind of you get to have those idealistic um, or just, you know, talk theology uh, in a a fun, although maybe abstract way. Uh, But we're both in now, uh, did we graduate seminary the same year? We were 2004. 2005. I took it took a year off. I was trying to convince the girl to marry me. Always so. one step behind me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did your mom ever yeah. rub that in on you? How come you can't graduate a, a year after. sooner, like Wade? Well, yeah. I was going to say your listening audience probably doesn't know or care about this, but my my mother has always loved Wade more than me, and uh, to this day, which she, I've appreciated. She, but yeah, as anyone would, right. she still asks about you, Wade. I mean, I, I mean, there's been there's been stretches over the last what? I mean, twenty twenty five years, however many years it's been, where I mean, we have you know we'll go you know a lengthy time without without talking, and she'll still ask about you. It got annoying. Well, send <laughs> send her my greetings, that, uh, <laughs> and and tell her that that brings me great joy. <laughs> I, um, I will. I will. My my parents never ask about you, James. <laughs> yeah, I'm just right, joking. Nor, they, nor do. they do. They <laughs> do. James and Josh. They, they ask about they, James and they Josh. They don't even remember. Never ask about this guy. They don't no. even remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't care about James. Yeah, they, the, uh, they just get regular updates on the on the podcast about all my antics, you know, yeah. uh, here on campus. That's. <laughs> You would you would have met Jason by the way um, if he had come to my wedding. Yeah. Uh, since James was in my wedding, you know why this guy didn't come to my wedding? I I, I got, hope he had a good reason. I got married the next day, so we were he, rehearsing. He has to copy me to his and, wedding the same weekend. And uh, yeah. Wade, Wade then did not come to my wedding either. Uh, well, it didn't seem right. He didn't come to mine. <laughs> Even though it wasn't that far away, I mean, it wasn't. I, we were we were really quite. But a man has to have principles. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So was it the same state? I mean, what, could it? Could you have pulled that off? Oh, I could have ridden my bike. Yeah, probably. Probably, you know, yeah. Because let alone drive. Hmm. Yeah, I want to say probably yeah, other, uh, other things on your mind. Easily, easily within forty-five minutes by car for sure. Yeah, but we had to do the gift opening. I know. Yeah, I know. We so wait, you got married first. I did one day before. You got married her. first. Yeah. You're such a trendsetter. Yep. Thank you. So I, I had to be yeah. able to fill them in on the married life. I had experience, so I could, <laughs> yes. I could yeah. fill them in. Yep. He's, he's so still a rookie him. compared to me. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, th- I thought uh, 
what we could talk about, and uh, I forgot, we've just had one intro, we went to, we didn't even get to main topics, so this has been a long intro, so because I have this equipment, you're going to have to bear with me, James, um, okay. I'm, we're going to say this was a long intro, and I want to see if I can play the song and fade, do you, so, do you want me to read the disclaimer? In, oh yeah, before because we always read our disclaimer yeah, at the end so of the intro. So Jason's going to read our disclaimer. Please distance. We need Mike. Please this is distance so my poor church from me. <laughs> it this will yes this will uh, distance it. So here here we go. Uh, this shows d- this show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. So there we should be covered. Uh, to be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. Uh, we'll be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should do with generally almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that will bring us to our main topic. Look how I'm fading that music so nicely. Um, while we were playing the music to segue to our main topic, I noticed uh, there's a Jesus hat in here now. Yeah, there is, yep. A little ceramic Jesus is that? Can you see that, James? What? Are, are you guys allowed to have those? Yeah, I think we, we actually make television shows. I mean, we're pretty, pretty passionate about... But, I mean, about a Jesus. Jesus hat, is there a... I don't. I don't Do you think have I have a Jesus head actually in my office. I'm looking around right now. I have uh, there's a there's a large cross that, believe it or not, my brother made for me. Nice. Uh, there's. Uh, I hope not large yeah, enough to put you on pepper. it. This wasn't well, old, older brother Hazy and younger yeah. brother. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when you I think when you guys continue to cover Genesis next week, I'm sure that that'll be a good intro for mm-hmm. what my brother wants to do to me. <laughs> the murder, yeah, it's gonna be a true crime so, episode. Yeah. This is yeah. by Noel. It is Mike's daughter. Yes, it is. Yeah. She is quite the, uh, quite the artist. <laughs> I noticed he had it looking at you though. Yeah, I, he right. had it right here. Jesus is just staring at Jason. Yep. Wait, I think I can, that's with I can affection that. or displeasure. Ah, I'm sure I, affection. I, I think when I, <laughs> I'm amazed at how focused you can be, Wade. I mean, you really, you really consistently stay on topic. Thank you. It's my gift. <laughs> we all have different gifts. And so I, I, our, our, our main topic uh, that I wanted to talk about today is just, so James and I have known each other um, all these years, and Jason and I have known each other all these years, and all three of us have uh, had our routes to ministry and been serving in ministry, and I thought it'd be fun to catch up a bit. I didn't even, I, well, I did call James, but he didn't answer, which was a very James move. Um, but I did text, and he what eventually replied. About? I called you last night. And then you text. Him. Oh yeah, we were text. We were this texting. Dude's always doing ministry. Is <laughs> he's just like he can't talk now. Doing ministry. I literally had crawled into bed. This dude was getting ready. For and you bed. guys go to bed early. I, I, well, I do. I'm an old man. I get up. I get up. Yeah, it's my schedule's stupid. I mean, I get up in the fours, not because I'm Why? disciplined, but just Jesus but didn't just, even get up well, till dawn. 
listen, man, I, <laughs> it's not a discipline thing. I just, that's when, that's when I wake up. And so all that to say is typically by noon, I'm essentially worth. And so when you called me last night, we were texting and then you called, I'm like, and I didn't even know that you called. My phone was on silent. Anyways, long you know story. The thing I'm sorry about, being, call about being worthless though, James, is, is, is that's what Jesus likes to work with. That's when he steps in. Right. I mean, you talk about hey, pastoral. This should be, that you, right there was pastoral. You do sermon series. I watch your sermons. You get these catchy sermon series. Worthless. <laughs> that should be a series. <laughs> like six parts. Will you do that hold for on. me? Hold on. Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jason, okay, give me a text. It. I got it. Just any old Pharisee text. and tax collector. That's okay, one of them. Yeah, there you go. Um, You could maybe do Cain and Abel. I don't like that one. Oh, um, yeah. filthy rags, Isaiah. All our best works are but filthy rags. <laughs> Paul, I consider Philippians. I, I consider all things to be rubbish. Yeah, I would. I would. Boom, I got three of the six. Thorn in the flesh. I feel like this just turned into a planning That's session for me. Thorn in the flesh. We got four texts. You got to pick two. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> So I think that yeah, that's um, that's four of them. We're we're just writing sermons for you, pretty much. Uh, maybe pretty, pretty much. I just need if you guys could give me six illustrations. Okay, how about you know, First Peter primarily about your that would be a good one too. about your children. That's a about joke. About your children. You, give me did you six get my illustrations joke? about. No, I didn't. First Peter three twenty one. Oh, get it? I can't take you anywhere. Death Wade. now saves you. <laughs> 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 I just would like to go on record saying when you laid down the groundwork, you're like, listen, we're not, we're just, we're going to keep it light. I'm not going to drill you on your, is, on your baptism. Stand. That is true. And you, you have made two, two comments so far in 33 minutes. But I also, <laughs> which is actually I, less I, than I thought that you would do. I also though, what did I entitle the zoom meeting? Did you notice that? I did notice that. That's why I said, when you texted me last night, I was like, that was, that was funny. That was nice. Yeah. So nice. I'll stop though. Which I, I sometimes say and then you I don't. You won't. I will try to yeah, stop. I was going to say you won't. I'll try to but stop. you don't have to. It okay. makes it more interesting. No, here's what I'd like to get at. And especially, uh, I just think it's it's interesting. It's fun because we've had um, <clears throat> these different experiences. And we have, to some degree, uh, different theologies on some things. Uh, but one of the things I've always enjoyed is uh, James is a gospel guy. If you go to Crosspoint, you watch his sermons, you're going to get the gospel, which is not always a a given in any denomination, um, I think the older I get, the more I realize that, that you, when someone's giving you the gospel, you just don't take it for granted. Uh, you latch on to that. Um, and, uh, and so I've, I've always enjoyed, even uh, James has sometimes reached out and said, I read this book. Uh, I remember you mentioned in the John Pless's book, right? And, uh, um, and, uh, and so I think we've always had a, a good gospel friendship as well, right? Probably more for you to forgive on my part than vice versa. Um, but when we uh, when we when we end up talking theology, uh, seldom do we end up uh, just debating do's and don'ts. We may joke about it, right? Um, as I've joked about some of this, um, but that that gospel focus, being a gospel voice, which is what the podcast is about, that's letting the the bird fly when the whole world is given back to you as gift, right? Because Christ has done all. Uh, you can let the bird fly, and I guess uh, just what I thought we could we could talk about is you know if we're thinking back to high school, and uh, 
and college and seminary and our routes. Uh, after all these years of, of ministry, um, maybe if we start with what is a, what's been the most, if you can think of one of the most maybe surprising things to you about ministry as you get out and you're actually doing it and now you've had these years, um, two different settings, right? Um, uh, but uh, being with people, uh, sharing the gospel with people, uh, what maybe, uh, you know, when we were sitting and joking around and debating it at, uh, you know, with a Slurpee or whatever back in the day that, that maybe wasn't on our radar that has, has stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Wade. You know, it's, it's wild to think back when you're, you know, for, for me, I mean, I, I sense like God was kind of moving me in this, this direction in my early 20s. Even before, even before that, you know, I'm 18, 18 years old, think, you know, thinking about, you know, full-time, full-time vocational ministry or being, you know, being a pastor. And, and I, I just was so, um, I think I just was foolish. I mean, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. You know, you, you have, you know, a perception maybe of your local church pastor and you try to imagine what it, you know, what it's going to be like. I remember approaching my my pastor in high school when you know when I was you know praying about ministry and being a local church pastor and I and I approached him after the service one day and, and said his name was you know, Dr. Dorenzo. I said Dr. Dorenzo, I'd like a, I'd like a meeting with you. I'd like to meet. He said uh, uh, sure sure. I said well he said what would you like to talk about? And I said well I'd like to talk to you about about you know being being a pastor. And he said. Don't <laughs> like that was his advice, and I kind of laughed. So that's oh, funny. That's funny. And I met with him, and not not that he discouraged me. He didn't discourage me, but but you know, I oftentimes think back to that conversation. And he had, you know, twenty years of ministry experience, and and all that that entails. You know, the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, and I just think, man, any anything that we're doing when we're eighteen years old. You know, I don't know if we really know what we're what we're signing up for. Um, I didn't know what I was signing up for, right? You're you're young. I was young. I was a little bit foolish, and I had some grandiose ideas of what ministry would would be like. And um, and then and then you live it out, you know, and you walk with people, and you you know you experience great great beauty. In, in ministry and you see God's hand and, you know, he works in, in beautiful ways and he forms and shapes people and calls people to himself and, and you celebrate that. And then, and then you just see the consequence of living life in a fallen world and you see, you know, brokenness and you see heartache um, and walking with people you know, through those seasons is, it's a great honor and privilege and it's incredibly difficult. Um, and, you know, I think over the last, oh my gosh, it's almost been 20 years since I've been in church ministry. You know, I, I, I've realized that the, the most difficult parishioner that, I, that I've ever had is me, <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you, at least for me, you think, oh, it's, you know, these people or that person, and then, you know, the Lord in His in His kindness, you know, holds the mirror up to uh, to you, and you know, reminds you of your own own need and desperation for Him. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's been um, it's been a, it's been a joy, um, and and it's been you know there's been difficult seasons along the way, um, and and all along God's been you know kind and faithful, which is which is very godlike. Yeah, he has a he has a habit of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned there's something I think that's interesting, and I think it's something probably that was true for both of us as we were getting ready to head off to college and considering ministry. Is, um, you know, we both had, I think, well, we we have that personality by nature, but probably both kind of had that view too of go out and help fix people, and I don't mean in a way that like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we were just finding fault with people, but like. There's people with needs, and ministry mm-hmm. will be like helping them fix that, you know. And um, yeah, and something I think you you hit on there that um, I've learned as well. And I mean, Jason can chime in if he wants, but it's all right <laughs> if he doesn't. Um, but uh, one of the things I that you mentioned is is kind of walking with people, you know, that you once you actually get out and you're doing ministry, you're not in college and seminary anymore, where these are hypotheticals. Like I remember in some, we would have to like pretend one of us was a church member and the other one was a pastor. And, right. you know, you're, you're like practicing <clears throat> counseling or you're whatever. Yeah, and you always do great because you had like written it out before. And, uh, but that, that you get out and you, you realize, and, and you hit on that, you realize it's about yourself too. Um, but this, we're in a fallen world and there's broken people and you, you mentioned walking with them. Um, and I think that's such a helpful point uh, and a good reminder that I, in my own ministry as well, and even times just with students, you know, and they, maybe it's just heightened with students sometimes because you're the teacher and you're supposed to have an answer, you know, and they come to you with something. And uh, yeah, they, they tend to expect that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, the idea that, that there's times when the person comes to you and as you, as you grow um, as a pastor – that, that all you can do is kind of walk with them. There's no magic bullet, right? You give them the gospel. You give them Christ. There is forgiveness, and there is hope, but hope wouldn't be hope if we had the thing we hoped for right now already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning to sometimes just be there, I think, is something that uh, that I would not have anticipated happening as much in ministry early on um, to, uh, you know, to just be a companion, that kind of walking with, I think, mm-hmm. is something that stands out. Jason, did you have, th- I'm going to start being nice to you, too. Oh, well, just well, this is don't, know, don't know how to respond, no. James has reformed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, there is, and I forget when it was, and I forget where exactly, um, when it was in I know ministry. it wasn't at my wedding. wasn't at your wedding, that's for sure, yep. <laughs> Um, but there, we had ended up, I think this was a circuit conversation that we ended up having about just the idea of a ministry of presence in the sense of, you know, this idea of just being, being with people during that time. And, and I remember up until that point thinking that I really need to be focused on, um, what am I going to, what am I going to say or what am I going to do or, or, you know, having Mm -hmm. that type of much more of a, a structured approach in my in my in my own thinking about that and that there's right ways and wrong ways that you should approach some of these things and and then after that discussion 
and again, I think it was based on some article or, or whatnot, but I don't remember exactly what it was, but just having a, a much um, different approach in the sense of maybe the best thing to do is just to be there and then to look for look for those opportunities to, you know, have that prayer or to, you know, share that um, portion of scripture or, um, you know, have the conversation type of thing and... Um, and again, you can't just, you know, <laughs> sit there the whole time necessarily because there are other things too that you need to be doing, but but to not underestimate that value of just actually being willing to be there and spend time. Uh, um, James, you also mentioned, and and, I, and maybe you can unpack a little bit more, and I think it's helpful, um, and it's probably true that any pastor, right, can confess their their toughest parishioners themselves, Uh the, in Lutheran homiletics, it's often emphasized that a good sermon has to be preached to the preacher first, right? <clears throat> that it's, it's coming out of uh, the application of law and gospel to ourselves. But that, um, that can be a difficult thing to do. Uh, you know, the, um, sometimes, like, my wife will tell me I should go to the doctor. Like, let's say, like, my ears haven't unplugged for three weeks after a flight to California, just hypothetically. You know, and um, Pure, purely, purely hypothetically, total yeah. hypothetical. Yeah, but uh, but you know, I, I I will sometimes point out that that I am a doctor, right? And uh, <laughs> as the scriptures tell us, uh, physician heal thyself, right? Uh, and uh, how does that go over, Wade? It, yeah, it doesn't go well. Pretty well received. It, it, no, um, it doesn't go well mostly for me because it turns out sometimes I should just go to the doctor, um. It can be, uh, you know, very few physicians do treat themselves, right? And this is what Scripture is pointing out. And uh, and so we often, as as pastors, are feeding people. You know, we're feeding, 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 and um, and then it's it's kind of like the doting mother who delights to make Thanksgiving dinner for everybody, but then she doesn't sit down and eat till the end, and she kind of just has what's left. Um. And I think that can that can often happen, and we have a lot of pastors and seminarians um, who listen. <clears throat> I know in our tradition, right, you're supposed to, you have circuit pastors, and maybe you go to your circuit pastor, ideally, you know, if you're in need of pastoral care, but I don't know that that happens all that often on the ground, Jason, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there can sometimes be a real reticent on, reticence on the part of pastors to do that, to reach out, to be fed, because almost like there's this notion that that's unpastor-like, like why would I need that, right? <clears throat> I'm not, but but no one would say of the doctor like uh, that they also don't need uh, medicine, or you know that they also don't need to be diagnosed um, and treated. What um, you know, as time has gone on, one one of the big things I've learned is I I just need brothers. You know, and and so um, I've just been like calling friends to WLC. You know, it's just a thing. I do. I'm just joking, but but I have had two friends who are you know brothers in Christ that are here. Um, but I do remember, especially in the parish, that that there can be a loneliness there that that isn't always recognized, and not a loneliness as if there's not people around you. You're surrounded by people. Um, but a, a loneliness that almost comes from that, right? That 
mm-hmm. that because you're always with people in a, a giving relation. And not that the Lord's people aren't good and don't give us much as well. They they certainly sure. do. Um, I you know I was very spoiled. I'm sure you have been as well. I know uh, Jason um, speaks well of of where he served for so long. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what is your your sense for um, that parishioner James Metzger and and making sure he mm-hmm. is being served. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, you know, for the longest time, um, you know, even in sort of the circles that I that I run in, I think about the you know the first church where I where I served at a seminary. You know, the, the pastor there really stressed, "Hey, you need to you need to almost distance yourself from people within the congregation in terms of your your friendships and what that's going to look like. You need to remember, kind of, you're the you're the pastor, you're the parishioner, and 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 you know, in his eyes, there was this very clear delineation between between pastor parishioner um you know that that always always rubbed me the, the wrong way i understand i understand the uniqueness of that that dynamic but you know some of it was i think how the lord wired me but i, I just heard that and i was going i don't i don't know about that like i, I mean the, the lord in his kindness has has sent me you know, good, good friends who have, who have either been a part of the church or even outside of the church who have, you know, been patient with me and have walked alongside of me to encourage me, to challenge me, to, to sharpen me. Um, I've, I've experienced that with, within my own local congregation. That has been, that has been life giving to me, Wade. Um, I, I made a decision about, uh, probably about 10 years ago now. Um, I, I went, uh, and I know this isn't, you know, confessional. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this Actually, on the podcast. Uh, we love confession and absolution in the Lutheran church. So. <laughs> oh, perfect. So perfect. we, we actually come to the right have place. private confession and absolution still. So just understand <laughs> if you confess to a Lutheran, you're going to get an absolution. <laughs> so Jason, you be ready. You're going to, you're going to bust right. the sign of the cross on him in a second. All right. I'm ready. Well, no, what, you know, what I was going to say is I, you know, about 10 years ago, I made a decision to, to regularly, regularly see a counselor, um, and, you know, I, I did that for, for a couple of reasons. One is, is because it was important for me to have someone who, uh, who was an outside voice who would, uh, who would listen and, uh, it wasn't invested in, in my little world, in my little church world. Um, honestly, that's one of the, the best decisions that, that I think I've made. I, I heard a pastor long ago say there are, there are two kinds of people in the world, people who, uh, who see a counselor and people who should, and um, like for, for me, that that became a, a bit of a lifeline um, to sit down with someone, you know, to kind of buy a friendship where, <laughs> where where someone had to listen to me for you know for fifty fifty five minutes. Out of um, curiosity, has my name ever been mentioned in there? <laughs> well, that, I would say that was the first seven or eight years. Okay, I mean, it took kind of a while <laughs> to work through that. I'm not. Not suggesting that I'm I'm completely over it yet, but uh, no, uh, only only in, in good ways. Wait, that, only that, in good ways. That's no um, special traumas. That sounds actually <laughs> remarkably quickly that you've that you've been able to process that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said we really should move on. I said I don't know if I'm ready. And he said no, no, I am. Sick. <laughs> you need to turn that page. Uh, no, but that's been, you know, all joking aside, I mean, that's, just, that's been a regular, you know, part of my life for the last 10 years. 
Um, and so, so God has been gracious to me in the sense that he's provided good and godly friends uh, with, within the church. He has, he has provided a, a good, godly uh, man that has walked, you know, with me for the last decade who, who really knows me pretty well, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe better than a lot of other people would, um, who has provided godly counsel. And, and then, you know, too, I think one of the, one of the beauties and benefits of the world that we live in is that, you know, that we have, we have access to people and we have access to material in ways that, you know, that, that didn't exist 50, even 50 years ago, you know, 30 years yeah. ago. And, and so, I mean, just to think about how, you know, some of the voices who have gone before us can minister to us in, in unique ways. Um, you know, I, you know, wait, I mean, I've, I've tuned into your podcast before. I mean, I've listened to stuff that, that you guys have done and, and to, you know, to be able to be nourished, to be, to be challenged, um, you know, even though it's from a distance. I mean, I think the Lord uses that as, as well. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of a kitchen sink guy. I mean, when it, when it comes to your own, you know, spiritual life and, you know, walk with the Lord to think, you know, we need, we need and guys, you know, when you think of, you know, Moses and Aaron or Paul and Timothy, like, you know, the Lord sending the disciples out, you know, two by two. I mean, our our Western culture can sort of breed this, this arrogant individualism at times. And, and, and I think that that is, you you don't see that same message in, in the scriptures. You know, God, God's given us a community. He's, he's given us voices to come alongside of us to encourage us, to challenge us. And, and so God's been kind and, and sending those people into my life. Yeah. And I mean, even our Lord sending out, you know, disciples together, you know, uh, to, yeah. to go and learn in their ministry. I, uh, I, I, I like, as you, as you mentioned with the, the counselor, um, you know, it gives you a chance to go and talk and be heard. And uh, I, I think we in the ministry can do a lot of time talking. We're kind of paid to talk often. Mm. Um, but to go be able to talk, and that uh, Luther talks about the mutual consolation of brethren, right? Just the talking and being heard and then hearing, right, and being able to speak mm. that. And uh, I mean, for for me, that often happens, you know, you're – you're going to go out and have a coffee with someone as well. That That's a brother in the ministry or someone who gets you, um, or with this guy, because he's got the thirst, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go have a beer. Uh, I wish I could say a beer. He's ordering the second one before I even take a sip. Um, <laughs> it's a problem. I mean, yeah. it really is. Right. But um, to have... Is that uh, really the purpose of this meeting, Wade? Is this... Is this an intervention or? Yeah, it. Uh, I needed someone yeah. to tell him not to drink. Yeah. yeah, and I thought who better than the person who tells me not to drink? <laughs> the um, but I I think that uh, in ministry to be heard as well, whether that be by a counselor, by a brother, or or by a friend. Um, and I think for individual Christians even to recognize that that that's part of what pastors are for here too. It's not just to use our mouth to speak, um, but to hear, to listen. And and when you're when you're talking to the counselor, when you're talking to the friend, when you're talking to the pastor, um, that you're speaking to God Himself in the person of that person, right? That the God and goodness is giving you an ear to speak into, 
um, and is, is he knows you and he hears you, you know, sighs and groans. Um, the Spirit intercedes for us. Uh, along those lines, or Jason, did you have anything to that? I, I didn't yeah, I, th- I think too, just a, you know, a couple of things that, you know, I think, I think too that, you know, it can be overplayed like, like James, you were saying, the idea that you can't have friends at all or that there has to, has to be a, an artificial distance of sort. Because I, I think that there, there's room for that. And I think especially, you know, I mean, you're, um, you have, you know, you're not just there alone either. You know, it's your, your family that's there with you and the, and the social uh, network and support and, and some of that sort of stuff, you know, that's important for them too, you know, as opposed to um, ministry, just being ministry focused. And, and yet I think, you know, like you say, that there are sometimes multiple multiple roles that are needed, you know, in, in that sense. And whether it's brothers in ministry or, or counselor or, or, you know, someone who understands that, you know, because, you know, say I have, you know, friends within the congregation and yet, and maybe even friends that are involved with ministry to some degree, but, but there may be, they maybe don't quite understand what it's like to be that called, called minister of the gospel. And, you know, having someone that can kind of, um, you know, st- that, that there's some distance there, whether, again, whether it's brother in ministry um, or in the circuit or whether it's, you know, counselor or things like that, it, it's just helpful to have a, have that perspective and that voice and that ear, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think those are those are good things. And to recognize that, you know, there are different, different roles that people in these different areas play, and all, all of them are important roles to play and and you know that goes a long way to helping the pastor in his ministry and serving you know um in a healthy way i think so and it um i'm thinking about when when we actually get to see each other in person sometimes james i'm to be even able to talk not ministry stuff to just not be on and have that Mm -hmm. um you know c.s lewis talks about um friends you know stand side to side lovers stand face to face um, and so, you know, as we stand side, this dude's always trying to get in my face. It's very, <laughs> very off-putting. No. Um, now, now I know why you're, why you're so hesitant about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to stand side to side, uh, you know, um, some of my favorite conversations when we see each other, we haven't seen each other in years, isn't necessarily even ministry theology. It's just joking around. And it's like Lewis says, it, you know, it can go years without, and then it just picks back up, Right. Um, and I think to have those relationships where, where people can have that too. Um, if we can segue a bit, uh, if you think of uh, James and Jason, so we're out all these years, and you know, um, probably early on when people are getting ready for ministry or thinking about what it might be, you've got Bible verses or passages in mind, and they just, okay, these are the important. And I would say definitely for me, in those early years, and, and James, you were a saint for often putting up with this, was just proof text, <laughs> right? Um, you got favorite proof text. And I've found, as time has gone in, on in the ministry, I really love narrative text. Um, I really love when God uses a story. Uh, for either of you, is there somewhere maybe that you wouldn't have expected that you find yourself going again and again in Scripture um, as time mm-hmm. goes on, you know, that... Uh, if we're going to use a comparison to music, that if you got your, you know, end of the year Bible Spotify, you know, this is what you listen to, whatever, that you just, you find yourself going back to or just seeing ministry through the 
the lens of, if that makes sense. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, where do I find myself going? Um, you know, I guess my, my first response is to the, to the psalm. Um, because it, it seems like there's a, you know, there's a song for every season yeah. and, and, and life seems to sort of work that way. You know, there's, there's times to give thanks and to rejoice. There's times to lament and to, to mourn. You know, I, I remember hearing that. There's times to pastor, wish that infants would be dashed against the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wade. Thank you, Wade. Um, Sorry. No, I, I, I think that I, I heard I heard a pastor years ago say that early in his ministry, he said I I preached, you know, through many of the psalms, and he said I feel like I handled the text well, or as best that I that I could, but he he told a story. He said later in life I was diag I was diagnosed with cancer, and he said when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, I lived the psalms, and I'll never forget that because I you know I, I just think as I kind of go through and, you know, walk, walk with folks and, and pastor, you know, I, I oftentimes find, find myself, you know, go, going back, going back to the Psalms. There's, you know, there's one for every, every season. So, um, yeah, I think about that. Jason, what about you? Like, where do you find that you, that you go for nourishment? Or... Just to be upfront, I don't know how many times a week this dude comes in and asks if he can borrow my Bible. I don't know if he even <laughs> has one. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go teach class. Do you have yeah, a Bible? I need something. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. gonna expect something from me. Uh, yeah. Is he, yeah. do, you, do you see him outside a lot with that statue? Yeah, the, uh, we we <laughs> right. don't have one here. Well, the statue we have is Jesus washing Peter's feet. Yeah, that just okay. divine servant. Right. Yeah, yeah, just uh, which that just doesn't seem to cut it. You know, right. um, if if you're talking statues, but, right? Uh, no, that's a very it's fine, no that's, bronze Luther. <laughs> that, that, that is a very fine statue, right? Uh, that, which is right outside our offices, which is yes. kind of nice. But uh, um, I'll say, I think you know, I, I appreciate the Psalms. I'm teaching teaching a class right now on the Psalms, and and I think this um, bragging. <laughs> well, and 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 other and other wisdom literature, but I'm a professor, I teach but, classes. But, which James you know, mentioned the Psalms. I teach them. Yeah, I, right. Exactly. Which, and and just just to you know, I'll, I'll just so that you don't think Wade is completely nuts. There is actually a psalm that talks about dashing babies against rocks. So I mean that yeah, you know that people will be happy to do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That, not in a good way. I'm no, not. I'm that, not commending. Right. Exactly. But this. but you yeah. were, leave the babies alone. But you were alluding to scripture, so right. that wasn't just a, yeah. You know, and his and his defense for. For someone listening who maybe was not aware and thought he literally is the meanest man on the planet, <laughs> right? He was just quoting scripture, yes. Psalm one thirty-seven. Yeah, there you yeah. go. He and, he was just throwing out a particular passage after saying that he doesn't like to preach text and throw out random passages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did do that. That's yep. fair. It's fair criticism. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I I really like the as far as just kind of you know thinking about. Where do I where do I find myself going or um, you know something that say this is I think a really helpful <laughs> helpful thing in a lot of situations um, I, I really do like the thorn in the flesh section um, that Paul where, where Paul's talking in Second Corinthians 
um, just because of not not just because say well you know there's that I that I think I have a thorn in the flesh or whatever and his name is Wade but he uh, <coughs> no, Jason uh, <laughs> we recently we we got <clears throat> a second pastor at the church I attend yeah right yeah and Jason attended um, the installation and so at a Lutheran installation I don't know if you guys do the same thing but area pastors come and you lay hands on the guy and then you share a Bible passage. And Jason actually, um, in front of the congregation, called himself the thorn in my flesh. Yep, yep. So, which, which they appreciated, I they think. They did seem to like it. So I think that that one, just because of the the theology of the cross implications, the idea of you know um, God's grace connected with that, the idea of um, you know that that whole my power um, reaches its telus, you know. Um, is made perfect, reaches its goal, however you want to, I prefer the reaches its goal idea in weakness, and, and, you know, there's just so many things going on there, um, Paul's prayer, and yet God's answer to it, and, um, there's that, I think that, and then I think a number of, um, I, I would say Romans, first half of Romans, especially, probably chapter eight, more than anything, just, you know, some of those thoughts that I find myself going back to uh, repeatedly. And, uh, um, and again, not, not necessarily in that um, proof-texting way, but, but I think the idea of having, you know, lived and experienced a bit more and maybe really appreciating what's going on behind some of those, you know, the, the, the totality of the things that, that um, are going on behind you know, some of those experiences that call for, call for those words. Um, so uh, th- that's probably, probably a couple, a couple that I would talk, talk about specifically. But Yeah, I would, and I would definitely agree. The Psalms was something that as a younger man and, and especially early in ministry, I just didn't get them that well. Mm-hmm. Like you read through them and you're like, okay, these are all right. But I mean, it, you know, it's, it, what, what exactly am I supposed to be getting out of this? I think mm-hmm. especially you know, I just came out so epistle-focused in my thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, more like, okay, here's going to outline this doctrine. You know, let's talk Romans 7 or 8. And uh, mm-hmm. James, actually, you were reading Bonhoeffer before me. I remember you recommending him to me. Um, but, you know, uh, I remember later reading in Bonhoeffer, and he talks about Christ takes up the Psalms, and he prays them himself, and then he gives him them back to mm-hmm. us. And I think as... as Life happens. Um, I think as in ministry, you see life happening to others. Um, and you get to see, there's, it's interesting that in some ways the pastor is insulated, but in some ways he's more exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. there's, there's some things people don't bring to pastor because he's pastor. I don't know if, yeah. you, if you get this too, James, but you know, someone realizes they accidentally cussed around the pastor and they say, sorry, you know. Because <clears throat> you don't say those words around pastor, yeah. Um, or in but, your case, the, the pastor cusses around, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, the uh, I, we did not get in trouble. I accidentally described uh, Cain's grandkids as a holes, or Adam and Eve's mm. grandkids because of Cain, which they were, right? But but I, I said the a part, and I'm very repentant for that. You weren't allowed. Um, did you? Did you go back and cut that out? Or? No, I left it in there. We're raw. We're you let real. it. You We're let authentic. it fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But so while you are insulated in a way, you're also exposed. I mean, eventually God brings people into your office or wherever you're at, and um, you get entrusted with uh, things that this person can't bring themselves to say to to anyone else. And I think that has helped me appreciate the Psalms um, and then to read them in the light of Christ praying them as well, right? Christ who encounters all this. But the other thing I would say is um, a chapter I just go to again is I just love Mark 5. <clears throat> the more I'm out, you get the garrison demoniac, mm. you know, and it mm. turns out he's the last, he's the only sane guy in town at the end. <laughs> he says, Lord, let me go with you and the whole town saying, Jesus, you ruined the economy. Get out of here. <laughs> and it just reminds me, you know, so often that that's, that's, that's who Christ, he was there for that guy. Like that's who the trip was for. And, you know, at the end, he's clothed, which you wouldn't mention he's clothed unless he normally wasn't, right? <laughs> and he's in his right mind. Um, but then you get, you know, uh, Jairus' daughter and his, um, and she's dying, and this should be like the ambulance siren going, and Jesus kind of at least jogging or power walking. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of taking his time, and, mm-hmm. and this unclean lady touches him, and he stops to acknowledge her, even though she could have been healed just from touching. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the end, and this is how good Jesus is, right? He raises Jairus' daughter. She's died. But then he says, you know, give her a Pop-Tart, right? <laughs> give her something to eat. Well, why? Because she was dead, and it must make you hungry, right? Um, the, the Jesus <laughs> thinks even of that. Is the, is the Pop-Tart in the original Greek? Wait, I, I, don't, I, I believe it's in the New Living Translation. I was going to ask, okay. is, it, is it kosher? Because I, I don't know if Pop-Tarts are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't either. You're, it's a, it's a fair point. Yeah, I'm just, no, just I, curious. I, yeah. so. I'm going to research that. Yeah. Um, maybe we, we won't keep you forever, James, but maybe just one more um, thing we could throw out. So we, we've had this this journey. We found ourselves in ministry. Um, we're all sitting here still in ministry. I've been working to get this guy out, but it, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, but... Uh, not everybody stays in ministry forever. It's it's you know, um, and I think it's become even harder for for many to stay in with the challenges that we we see today. I mean, I I was so happy I was not in the parish for COVID because huh. you know I just knew guys <laughs> were going to upset people no matter what they uh-huh. did. Um, and <clears throat> to be in the middle of COVID with crazy politics and everything else, I mean, it was like America just got together and said, "Let's collectively lose our mind," and um. Hmm. You know, uh, but um, but what's something after all these years that if if you if you you weren't doing ministry anymore, and I think God would be just fine if any of us weren't. No one has mm-hmm. to do ministry forever. God uh, will preserve His church. He has a crazy way of doing that. Um, but if you weren't, what would you miss most? And Jason, if you got something, either of you can jump in. And I'm throwing. I did yeah. not give. I did not give them these questions ahead of time. Yeah. No. I mean, that, wait. I. There, you know, there's so much of, of the ministry that you know that I love. I mean, I. You know, opening up the Word on on Sunday morning. Uh, and you know, giving the, the living and active Word to <laughs> to, to God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a what a gift that is. I, I would. I would miss that. I, you know, I had, I had someone who was at a larger church who kind of oversaw, you know, small group ministry tell me one time, James, people, 
you know, people say, if I never preached again, I would just shrivel up and die. But, but I say, if I never led a small group ever again, I would shrivel up and die. And I always kind of laugh because I was like, I could go without that. You know, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm more the, you know, the, the former than the latter. I mean, I love the, the, the preaching of God's word. I mean, sitting, sitting down with people who are, you know, walking through the, the mess of life or who are celebrating, you know, God's, God's grace. And, uh, like what a what a joy that is you know it's it's hard for me to uh to imagine a scenario where i wasn't doing that it's funny wade i mean you you mentioned that the, that the lord would be okay if if the three of us weren't doing what we were doing and that that certainly is true and yet he's you know he's invited us to be a part of what he's doing and you know i'm just honored to do that i've always sort of been a guy that you know, that wanted to, to stick and stay. When I when I was much younger, I heard stories of men who stayed in ministry for 30, 35 years. And uh, I just thought, what a, like, what a gift. You know, what a gift. And, you know, stories are different. The word leads the CC's bit. But, um, you know, I've always kind of wanted to, to stick and stay. But, yeah, I mean, preaching the word, walking alongside people, you know, praying for folks. Um, I felt like you. I felt like you wanted me to say baptism by immersion. I would miss the most. But I told I, you I wouldn't bring it back up, and I haven't. But I didn't. I did not. I just wanted to do it once. I feel I like James opened it, it back up to make it fair game, though. Is that? Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't a dig. It was just, just answering your question. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord's going to build His church. I mean, He He doesn't need a. I mean, that's that's freeing, Wade. It's funny as you ask that question. I was going, yeah, what? What freedom is there to know that that this is God's work, that He's going to build His church? It's not dependent upon me, you know. Thankfully, <laughs> we, we would all be in trouble. Yeah, so, we ruin it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just brief update. Apparently, there is some debate over whether uh, pop tarts are considered kosher or not. So just just keep that in mind. Um, but uh, Jason, I, did you Google that, or did you know that off the top of your I, head? I did. I don't I know just, if you know James, but Jason teaches the Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows things. Yeah. <laughs> right, I just know things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did. I did Google that, and uh, but there's, you know, supposedly some say kosher certified, but then some others say, oh, not so fast. So, mm. um, I would, you know, say the thing that I would miss most is teaching the Psalms. But no, no, no. <laughs> No, although Jason, I would, do you teach the Psalms? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, James. But, You're kidding! <laughs> but, wow. But uh, I would say the thing that I would miss probably the most is the just the amount of time that you get to devote to being in the Word, and you know, not only for yourself, but then being in the Word with others. So I would say that. You know, and that's maybe a, a cop out to a degree, but you know, it's just the fact that we get to do so much of that all the time, you know, and and are and are paid to do that and expected to do that. Um, and there's a lot of things maybe in ministry that you could still be involved with to some degree or another if you weren't doing it full time. But the idea that there's no way that you'd be able to spend the amount of time and devote the amount of time that you get to do that 
um, now. Uh, and I think that would be what I would what I would miss is there's a lot of the various various duties that say well I could maybe do this or that to replace that, um, but just that amount of dedicated time in the word and sharing that word with others in its various capacities. Um, I was um, talking to a, a brother pastor not too long ago, and he he commented and said, you know, the ministry is as easy or as, or as hard as you make it. And he was kind of joking about how sometimes in ministry you can get guys where we're like, oh, I'm so busy and ministry is so hard. Like, it can also be really easy. Like, you know, you can kind of just take a week off sometimes. No, sometimes you don't have a choice. Everybody's dying, whatever <laughs> yep, else. Yep. Um, everybody's marriage is falling apart. Um, but I do think that is a, a, a big one of having the ability to create time for things that it would be really difficult to create time for otherwise. Um, but I would say... And I miss this now. One of the things that I really miss about the parish, and I, I hope, um, I mean, I, I see myself retiring from a parish eventually. I enjoy it here. I, I have no um, immediate need to leave necessarily. I still got to break this guy in. Um, <laughs> but uh, would be uh, something that I thought I would not like in ministry, and I was kind of terrified of it, and I just wouldn't, didn't know how I'd handle it. But that became really encouraging for me in an odd way um, was being at deathbeds, um, yeah. because I don't think like I will handle dying that well. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed <laughs> this about me, but I can be a bit of a complainer. Um, huh. and sometimes James, like, James, have you noticed that at yeah. all? <laughs> even minor things. I <laughs> this can is get, actually the, this is actually the first I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> even minor things I can kind of make into big things. Um, you know, sometimes something stupid will happen. I'll tell Jason, I'm gonna be mad all day now. I'm going to be mad all day. The, and he just knows it's true. The stew is on. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but to see people and to sometimes go, I, I wonder how he or she's going to handle this. Because I knew them and they were like me. Um, and to sit and to, to hold their hand, um, to uh, make the sign of the cross on their forehead and remind them of their baptism and, and absolve them. Uh <clears throat> And to see the peace that God gives to his children, um, even in the midst of us facing our greatest enemy, which is death, which has been the great enemy since the fall into sin, I think that would be something I, I, I do miss and I would really miss. And I think you can extrapolate it out. It doesn't have to just be a death, but, but just to be with people and, and you see God um, give peace where there shouldn't be peace. Um, is, is was always very encouraging to me. Um, and then I would say the other thing that I would really miss, and this gets at sometimes the ministry um, being really easy, is it's kind of a nice gig to basically like just always be waiting to get to the point where you say the same thing again and again and again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we're kind of like... we're. We're one-line guys, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> and yes, we One listen and we, and we say a bunch of other stuff. But not just to, to say that, that one thing again and again, which is, of course, right to get to Jesus, he who saves, um, to give the forgiveness of sins, um, to tell the person convinced that God can't possibly love them, um, that he loves them more than they could ever know, right? Um, to put Christ crucified in front of them. Uh but it's not just that we get to say that one thing again and again, uh, but sometimes God in his goodness 
And often this comes after kind of like you've been in the wilderness or you've had a dry spell, right? And things just maybe aren't going as, as, um, as swimmingly as you would like. And you get that moment and, and, and you know the thing to say because it's the one thing you say, right? And, uh, and you say it and you see it actually like work. The person like this, and sometimes it's a person who's heard this same thing for 90 years. Who's heard it from you? Yeah. But you see, and it just it gets them. It takes hold of them, right? They get caught in that word, um, and that's fun, yeah. right? And you don't have to be a minister to do that. Yeah. Parents do this with their children. Children, as their parents get older, do it with their parents, spouses. We're all forgiving. I hope we're forgiving, um, and we're doing it in Christ. But to to get paid, like that's our gig is like, just keep saying this thing, and sometimes it's really going to, like, make a difference. And, and sometimes it's it's not, um, yeah. but to have those moments, I, I really dig. And when you get to see it, it's really cool, I think, because so much of ministry, um, especially parish where, where you're maybe there for a long time and you're, you're working, you know, with the same people a long time, um, and you've put in a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of work, and then you maybe don't really see results, yep. you know, and, and so much of, of ministry is you work, but you don't necessarily see the results. And then um, when you actually get a glimpse of that from time to time, which was one of those things, sometimes it was just such a enjoyable thing for me to, you know, go out and do some weird menial task outside, like, you know, the planting mm. the garden or whatever it was, because it's like, I went, I started it, was it done, yeah. I did it, I finished yeah. it. This was mowing the church lawn for me. We yeah. had a great riding yeah. lawnmower, yeah. and you just look, and it was mm-hmm. done. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. it's like I can see I can see the, the result of my labor, which, yeah. you know, again, and it is not, you know, from a standpoint of vanity, but just the idea of, you know, um, you, you work and work and work, and so often, you know, it's you leave the leave the results to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes He gives you a chance to see it. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's not. Corinthians. Sometimes it's Galatians. But then you get a Philippians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, you remember Jason? We were about three years out, and uh, and Jason and I got together and we were talking, and and we were talking about you know we just we say this one thing and we're tasked with saying this one thing you know and you know, that th- this is Jesus. He's for the forgiveness of sins. And this guy, he thought the one thing you say is Jesus had a beard. <laughs> I, I had to tell him I had to tell him Jason that's not the good news like that's that's what you've been saying uh, and uh, he said yeah people didn't seem very comforted so interesting but yeah. yeah you know beards are so cuddly and you know I mean they're just you know don't they just drop is, I mean isn't that good news but no waited <laughs> we had to set me straight <laughs> yeah I love the, it um, well we won't keep you too long James I uh you would be happy. You can't see it the way we have the the zoom pointed, but um, there's a bunch of Michigan gear um, there is. on the other side of the studio here because of 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 Michael, um, who also has has poor taste, right? Um, <laughs> and and apparently a lot of he actually you know, is my favorite. connections, yeah, to uh, just keep giving him more Michigan stuff. It's just crazy. Uh, but we're, we're trying to avoid he spent some time in Plymouth. Did he not? He did. He did. Um. And uh, I remember cruising in Plymouth, an old just Mustang. Yeah, yeah, uh, living it up. 
the uh, uh, listening to the Beastie Boys. Boys. James always used to admonish me for listening <laughs> to the Beastie Boys. <laughs> the uh, I love that. But we said we would avoid divisive topics, so we won't talk anymore. Go blue, go green, go white. Um, but I will say uh, it's it's been rough for our sports teams overall, professionally in Detroit. Lions are showing some hope, but baseball season's coming up. Uh, mm. We're both Tigers fans. This guy's a Twins fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you think, James? You got a prediction on a record here? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead with 162 games. I'm gonna say they. Uh, um, I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna say they get 70 wins. 70. Yeah. I will. Let's see. Let's let's go over over under. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to struggle. Yeah. They're going to struggle. They showed um, when they played the young guys at the end of the year, though. They showed a little bit of promise. Uh, yeah, but nobody cares at the end of the year. There's, they want to get home. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under 70 wins, Wade, which is which is pretty poor baseball. Yeah. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go under 70. I just, yeah. Yesterday or last season was really disappointing for me. You know, as a, as a Tigers fan, yeah, I thought that was gonna be the um, year where we saw market improvement. Yeah, well, and that's what they were talking in the in the beginning part of the year. They thought that we would kind of turn a corner, and, and that that did not happen. Yeah. We we turned a corner right back into the cellar. Yeah, and so that was unfortunate. That was, At least the Red four. Wings are putting some wins together. Listen, the Red Wings are are have have finally turned it around after a long little break, and so I'm I'm hopeful for them. I do. I, I have started saving for the Lions Super Bowl appearance next year. I'm very excited about uh, that. I am. I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling scarily confident. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was convinced if you know if they snuck in the playoffs last year that they would they would make their Super Bowl run. And so I I told my oldest son get your Super Bowl tickets, but uh, he just laughed at me, and uh, <laughs> he was he was right. But. Uh. <laughs> It was yeah, still fun, at least. It was fun, which it always is. it isn't always fun, but they made it fun. Uh, so. It hasn't been fun since we were in high school. I think right. since Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders. Oh, I, I miss the old run and shoot. Those were the glory <laughs> the days. run and Gosh, shoot. Man. Yes, yeah. the run and shoot. It is. Incredible. We were ahead of our time. Really, it is incredible though when you see some of those old highlights of Barry Sanders, and that was one. He is one scary dude. Yeah. When, when he has the ball in his hands. No, he was unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, Wade, I know that you guys have to go, and you can cut out this part because I'm going to say something nice about you. Uh-oh. But, you know, I, I – yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, this you know I'm, I'm really grateful. If, they, if things say nice things about me. I know. That's why I leaned in a little bit. You can't know, see me. It, it seems very authentic. You. It's making me uncomfortable. It's a pastoral trick. Um, <laughs> no, I, like all, all joking aside, I mean, I think back to our, our years in, in high school and the conversations that we had, and I'm really grateful to the Lord for your friendship during that, that season in my life. You know, I was, um, you know, spiritually speaking, I didn't know what I didn't know. And some might argue that that's still the case, but through, you know, through your joking, through our, our debates about everything under the sun. You know, the Lord used those in significant ways to, to sharpen me and to, and to challenge me. It wasn't uncommon for me to leave a conversation with you and to go home and crack open my Bible and go, that thing that I just said or that thing that I believed, um, those words that I used, 
that I've just always heard. Are those are those really there? <laughs> Is that what it says? And um, and I'm so grateful for that. I, I look at at where I am in in life even now, and as I've gotten older, it it becomes increasingly uh, more difficult to have friendships and relationships with people outside your your tribe. And and I think we lose something when. Uh, when, when we don't hear those voices, not because we're willy-nilly with theology and we're, we're tossed about in the wind. It's just not that. But, but it's so easy to just have a, a chorus that surrounds you with people who, who basically believe what you believe and say what you say. And so your, your voice has been an important voice in my heart and in my life that God has used uh, to, you know, to sharpen me and to challenge, to challenge me. You may hear that and go, well, clearly not enough because you're not a loser. <laughs> um, but I'm but I'm a I'm a work in I'm a work in, in process. Yeah. Well I appreciate those are kind awesome. words and it's it's true and opposite as well. And um no that's something we're excited about um with the new equipment and being able to do remote stuff is uh all of us can easily fall into kind of like the echo chamber. You know, long before there was Twitter and Facebook we kinda had our own personal algorithms um <laughs> that makes it easy to you know to, to hear those voices. Um uh, that are just going to say what you want to hear. And uh, and I think, honestly, that's one of the, the joys of friendship. And um, and I will say with, with Jason and Mike and others as well, to um, to have someone who's, who's going to say what they what they think, to say what they think should be said. And um, I think we've both done a very good job at being wrong at different points uh, in our life, and we've probably both helped each other in that way. Uh, hopefully, um, we didn't get you in any trouble, and you're still in ministry after this job. <laughs> Um, but, but hopefully we can get you back on again, James. I really enjoyed it. Um, I apologize. Like I said, I threw both, uh, James and Jason, I, I just threw them to the wind and I said, we're going to do a podcast and they said, well, about what? And I said, stuff, right? We're just, (laughs) we're going to talk. Um, so I appreciate the, the job you guys did off the cuff. Um, and, uh, it'd be good to have another, I know we've talked about for years having some of these conversations, James, so we'll have to pick a topic sometime and I think that would be. That would be fun. Um, if we get fun. Berg here, you could, you guys can maybe even talk a little Michigan. But um, <laughs> the, uh, but with that, we didn't tell you what to say at the end of this. So hopefully, you know if you've listened before. Um, but but James, uh, a friend from way back, uh, a brother in ministry, um, and uh, my favorite thing, um, a fellow gospel voice. And so we all serve in different contexts um, and in different ways. Uh, but in Christ. Um, at the end of the day, what can we we all do, James? Wait, what am I supposed to say? Say, let the bird fly, dude. You always do this for decades. <laughs> decades. You never do what I say. Let the bird fly, Wade! I'm going to talk over the music, but I hope this doesn't offend you, James. This is a drinking song. I can cut this part out if it might get you in trouble uh, with prisoners. It won't. I've really come a long way with my views. And that's when I was saying that the You're Lord being used recorded you in my heart just so don't get yourself in trouble. The music's still going. I think James just said he's an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I joke because... Uh, <laughs> Because James and I, the great thing about us going out is I, I get to order two beers. I get one for him and one for me, and his always just sits there. And you drink wrong to let it go to waste. Yeah. All right, we are going to wind it down. <laughs>